A lot of what we see in scripture with Jesus and his disciples is him doing something and them failing to do it mm-hmm. or falling short. Not always, yep. but a lot of that is that, you know, Jesus going and praying in the garden and saying, you know, stay awake. And what do they do? Fall, Fall asleep. Welcome to the 20 Minute Podcast, a ministry of King of Kings Lutheran Church. We are a caring community reaching in friendship with Christ. Follow us on social media at King of Kings CR or visit us on the web at www.kingofkingscr.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 20 Minute Podcast. I am Tony Dixon, and I am sitting across here from Pastor Rich Balvance. Hello, Pastor Rich. Well, hi there. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. Kind of uh, monitoring, like everyone else is, what's uh, taking place in this kind of resurgence of the coronavirus around the country. Yeah, things are changing pretty quickly from day to day, aren't they? I'm glad I don't have children who are in school because it seems like the parents of kids that are soon to be headed back or supposed to be are as confused as you can possibly be at this point. It's a tough place to be in for everybody. Yeah, nobody knows what the right answer is. No, there probably isn't one. And the, yeah, there probably isn't it. Yeah. A, a, just an, one answer that's going to work for every school district or school building even uh, right. for getting kids back safely and the staff operating safely and and above all, the kids getting the education they need through all of this. Uh, that's an, another worry, not just the health aspects, but yeah. the, the uh, educational aspect. The interesting thing that I've I've heard a lot more about more recently is the balancing the physical health versus mental health. The kids going back to school, uh, there are a lot of people who would say that, that that's an important thing if we can make that happen at all yeah. in, in any way, just for the sake of the kids returning to some sort of, you know, you want to call it normal or the new normal or whatever yeah. you call it, but just being around classmates and being in a classroom environment where you're learning from a teacher because that's what these kids have been used to for, for some of them for several years, for others a few years. Well, we start when they're toddlers in their play dates so that they begin to socialize with one another. Right. And now all of a sudden that rug has been pulled out from under them. Yes, absolutely. So there's one thing that I will say has been pretty interesting also to hear about as the schools discuss this is what they're planning on trying to do should they return in person. Yeah, just some of the measures that they're they're planning to take. How, how do you keep a six-year-old from sneezing on another one? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I have a six-year-old. Yeah. And personal space is not something that is yet learned. No, that's right. Well, nobody knows <laughs> exactly what six feet is, you know. That, I know. Uh, well, it's hard enough for children. It's hard for us as adults. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, to uh, not only know what we should be doing, but then actually want to follow through on that because it's the same situation. I don't want to have to follow those rules. I know. And a big part of that, I think, for me would be it'd be different if there were a set yes, no, right, wrong. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, there there are guidelines that we can follow that make, make a lot of sense, And but there's just so much division even in that even in some of those things to to where people say one week well this is what should be done or what could be done the next week there seems to be whether it's the same group or a different group challenging that stand standpoint 
I, I shouldn't admit to this, but you know, when I see the person wearing a mask in a car by themselves, you say, oh, wait a minute. Is, is that really necessary? Yeah. And maybe it's just because they didn't want to take it off and they're, it's a short trip or whatever, but it seems extreme. Did I tell you not too long ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was driving home on Sunday afternoon from church and... For those who might not know, there are a lot of people in the area who ride their bikes. Mm -hmm. And we have a bike path not too far away from here that goes near or through Robbins. And I saw a bicyclist who was wearing a mask while they were biking. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, man, like, I don't even, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, that's what I sound like without a mask while I'm biking. So I can't even imagine what that would be like, but... You know, people want that sense of security and comfort. And yeah. for those, that's it. That's how they're, you know, how yeah. they're getting it, I and think. We're, we're supposed to want to do the right thing. Yeah. And uh, which brings up an interesting subject because I know you saw this and I saw it independently as well. Uh, a thing that was going around on Facebook about that had to do with would Jesus wear a mask? Yeah. If he were on earth today, Uh, roaming around amongst us during this COVID thing, would he be wearing a mask? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's the title of a big, you know, page-long article. And uh, I, even after reading the article and thinking through it and uh, looking at scripture, I still, I don't think I can answer that. It's a tough one. And this article was written by a pastor who concluded that because of the situation, Jesus would wear a mask okay. uh, in order to demonstrate to others the proper thing to be doing. Okay. I personally take the opposite view. Okay. I'm just going to quote one line of what he said here. Christians should be leading the way in loving our neighbors and caring for the vulnerable. That is not just Jesus's job, it's your job and mine too. And I don't have any argument with that. That's what we as Christians should be doing. And it's that's consistent with Scripture. My objection comes more from a what I think is a theological standpoint, <laughs> uh, as opposed to a medical standpoint. And so it's my personal opinion. I can't prove this highly from scripture, but it's my personal opinion that Jesus would not wear a mask. Okay. So uh, you want to argue this out? Should we? I'm, I'm kind of thinking, <laughs> thinking through that um, because uh, I, I think uh, a lot of the, the thoughts that I've had about this topic are more along the lines of the person that wrote the article, which mm-hmm. may be that, well, Jesus is showing us what it looks like to love each other and to consider one another you know, more highly than your than yourself and those types of things. And we see that Jesus did that. And if we're following his example to do that, wouldn't we wear a mask? Wouldn't we want to do that to that? I mean, that's why I guess from the statistics and the things coming out from different places that you wear a mask to really benefit those around you to protect mm-hmm. them more than yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, depending on the type of mask you're wearing, <laughs> right? Uh, that all <laughs> that all plays into well, it. Like as well, like a like a clown mask or yeah, something, well, or what? I don't, <laughs> does that well, not help? There are certain masks that are made for yeah. 
exhaling and others for inhaling and others that are simply there to make you think that you're doing something right. Right. And so there's there's all of that in there in between. But this is one of those topics where two people could probably sit down and argue this out all day long. So I'm not going to say we have about 15 minutes. I'm okay. Well, <laughs> we won't we won't take all that time. But I the, my argumentation on this basically comes down to the witness of Christ. And you've already touched on part of that is that he most certainly would witness to the world the truth about how we are to uh, interact with one another. Sure. There is also, within this question, however, the idea of who is it that's making this witness. In the person of Jesus, you have the incarnate Son of God. Oh, you're going to pull that out. Okay. I'm going to pull that all out. (laughs) uh, As who is informing us who are not incarnate sons of God, but who are sinful human beings, how we should interact with one another. There's one really important point to start off with is that Jesus did not interact with sinful human beings in the same way that we, even forgiven sinners, interact with one another. He did so perfectly. We do so imperfectly. The other thing is, who is it that's doing the acting? Is it us or is it God incarnate? Yeah. It's hard for us to draw conclusions about how Jesus would perform in a particular situation versus how a disciple would follow in the same situation. Well, that's a good point, I guess, because a lot of what we see in Scripture with Jesus and his disciples is him doing something and them failing to do it mm-hmm. or falling short. Not always, yeah. but a lot of that is that. You know, Jesus going and praying in the garden and saying, you know, stay awake. And what do they do? Fall, Fall asleep. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah. Our expectations for Jesus should not be equated to our human understanding right. of him because he has revealed to us what we need to know. A piece of scripture that uh, I kind of go back to in, in this, it comes from uh, Colossians, actually, and it's uh, in, in the first chapter, where Paul's describing who this person Jesus is. He says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. In other words, he is not subject to all the same things that we are subject to. In fact, he's subject to nothing other than his father right. in all of, of all of creation and all that exists outside of creation. And so we can't equate Jesus with the the rest of us human beings he's uh, something in a, an entire separate class all his own yeah so here's my thought or my question that challenges even i guess my own thinking as i, I process through this and that's did we ever see jesus sick well not ill we certainly can say that we uh, know that he had emotions mm-hmm. uh, he uh, felt sorrow but that's not something about him that was exclusive to his incarnate nature. Yeah. Um, and he also felt pain. He felt 
lots of things hunger. dealing hunger yeah. you know all those kind in temptations uh, the the full range of human spiritual conditions yeah physical hunger uh, yeah we know that uh, thirst we know that whether he could actually succumb to an illness leading to death is a question that I <laughs> would not want to answer yes to because his uh, very death itself on the cross was a submission to the will of his father and not a submission to the will of a Roman soldier. Sure. So in other words, he wouldn't be there if he didn't want to be there. You know, exactly. Yeah. If Jesus had wanted to be ill, I suppose— Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to demonstrate his uh, uh, authority over illness. Sure. I suppose that could have been possible, you know, but this is one of those angels on the head of a needle type uh, questions that sure. we, we can't really answer. But yeah. the thing that I get back to is that being the, the true image of God, God does not deny himself. He does nothing to implicate that he is not God. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, therefore, a witness of a mask over Jesus' face could be interpreted as a weakness or an inability to control everything that he is in control of. Okay, I guess what I kind of hear you saying then is that it's an improper question to ask it's, it's, to, to guide us as Christians. It doesn't make sense. The, the right question would have been not would Jesus wear a mask, but what would Jesus tell us to do in this regard? Sure. Because we can never fully imitate Jesus. Right. That's an impossibility on, from, from our standpoint. And therefore, it's not what did Jesus do, but what is his will for us? Yeah. That's, in fact, um, uh, and I forget the, the exact scriptural citation at this point, but Paul once wrote, I imitate Christ, you imitate me. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, uh, what he's saying is we have this command from, from Jesus, uh, I know what this means Mm-hmm. in terms of our human responsibilities. I'm going to do that. You do what I do. So maybe it's better for us as Christians to focus on things that we do know for certain instead of speculation, right? Yeah. And so what we can imitate in terms of Christ is what he calls us to in Scripture, which is to imitate humility, mm-hmm. to imitate love, and those types of things. Now, does that mean that we can imitate loving our neighbor by wearing a mask? Well, yeah, I could, for sure. Yeah. But it sounds like the, maybe the issue in saying, well, if Jesus were standing right here with us, he would wear a face mask, is that the point of Jesus coming to live was to live perfectly as fully God and fully man mm-hmm. on this earth. Yeah. And in um, each one of the things that... Physically, we see him, we see that physical side of his humanity, his human side. It was not out of his control. Correct. Is that he was fair? always in control. Or God was always in control. Yeah. And God through Jesus was always in control. Yep. And asking the question about 
Uh, I know this was really popular at one time. What would Jesus do? Oh, man, I had the bracelets. Yeah. Didn't you? No, no. You didn't have those all up and down your arms as a, a uh, middle-aged businessman? Yeah. What is what is my human interpretation of what God would do or yeah. should have done yeah. in this circumstance? And that's that's the wrong question to ask. Yeah. Uh, because it it takes it out of out of Scripture. It takes it out of God's word or neglects God's word in favor of my human interpretation of what God either would or should do. Yeah. So we turn to Scripture instead, and that's why I say, and and you know the the disciples at one point were in a boat in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a lake, and they were absolutely terrified. And Jesus, you'll notice, wasn't. (laughs) In fact, he was sleeping (laughs) at the time. And his first word after they woke him was, fear not, what is your problem? And he didn't say that because the circumstance was not threatening. He said it because the circumstance found them in his presence. Well, I thought maybe he was just grumpy, but... (laughs) (laughs) What's the worry? You know, I'm here. I'm physically with you. (laughs) And and even as Uh, I am asleep, I am in control of what's taking place around you. Right. So when we look at the truth of what Scripture has told us about Christ and what he's revealed about himself then we should pretty quickly figure out that we cannot be the judges of what God, through Christ, should or should not do in any one particular circumstance. (laughs) Who am I to say what God (laughs) does or doesn't do or should do? If he wants to wear a mask, he'll wear a mask. If he doesn't want to wear a mask and feels that that's not the correct thing at the time, he won't. I just really always want to hesitate, you know, trying to put words in, in God's mouth. Yeah. And uh, so he's shown us through Christ how we are to deal with one another, how we're to consider uh, one another. We are, are to consider the other more important than ourselves. Well, that tells us that in this hierarchy of humanity, that our humility has to submit ourselves to the needs of of someone, especially someone who's of weaker faith, yeah, uh, and whose faith might be harmed by my action, which is an action that would be perfectly fine in God's sight. Sure. So it sounds like where we are landing with this particular discussion today is that although Jesus didn't need to wear a mask, and we can't answer that question anyway, what we can say with confidence is that if us wearing a mask helps others know that we love them and care for them and want to show them the love of Jesus, then sure, do it. If it becomes a stumbling block for someone, really think about that. And that's kind of, as Christians, maybe what we're called to is, is there's not one clear right or wrong answer. It's It has more to do with the motivation behind the decision. You and I both know that we look at Facebook quite a bit, and you see a lot of these discussions going on about that. And it's not hard to recognize the level of fear that exists in some people's minds regarding this situation. And it's also not difficult at all to see that a lot of other people have the exact opposite view. And do <laughs> Seems not, like just as many, right? Yeah, just as many, yeah. and, and, and do not feel threatened to any great extent by this, this pandemic. 
And so balancing those feelings or understandings with love mm-hmm. is what we are called to do. And Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, uh, submit to one another in, in humility, place them above yourselves. That means that Christians are sometimes called to do things that they know they really don't have to do. Right. God is not forcing me to do this, but for the good of my neighbor, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead anyway. Yeah. So what it boils down to in my mind then is you have to ask the right question. Yeah. I want to take just a moment to point out that this discussion today may seem a little bit heavier on Scripture. Yeah. And there's a reason why. Because what I think and what you think, in the end, it really doesn't matter. No. <laughs> I mean, right. I hate to say it. And, yeah. You know, it, it really it doesn't um, when we approach any question or any issue that's going on in our world. It's important that we go back to what we say we believe and for us as, as Christians, that's God's word. Um, that's what he's given to us as our foundation for approaching any of these things. And again, that's why it's so, so important that we stick to what God tells us in his word. And uh, although it's tough not to fill in the blanks as we feel like we should, you know, sometimes there are things that we probably shouldn't. Yeah. Well, we've talked for quite a while about this. Yeah. Would you mind closing our time in prayer today? I I will. Yes, thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, above all, you have healed us for eternity through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. Through it, you have put away death from our lives, from the fear of, of that horrible experience, because we know we live eternally through you. And we just pray that with that knowledge and with that faith, we can approach our daily lives with the attitude toward humility, toward seeking the good of our neighbors, toward uh, seeking the best for our neighbor, so that we might be proper and faithful witnesses to the gospel, to the great joy that we have in you for the lack of fear in our lives. And we simply just thank you and praise you that through all of these these various trials that, that make up our lives, that you are with us at all times and surround us with your love and your care. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, why don't you come with me? Uh, I've got a whole drawer full of What Would Jesus Do bracelets. We can go through them, and I'll let you pick a couple out of there. <laughs> I'll see what the colors are that you have. Uh, no, Iowa State colors. Oh. Sorry. Oh.